Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast, the uh, bi-monthly, triannual, bicentennial podcast. <laughs> hey. I'm the LA nerd, Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Salem. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Lauren Smerling. Hi, friends. What you eating over there? Some crispy M&Ms. Fuck mm. yeah. Yeah. Look, there's not much to talk about today. Let's get into it. Taylor, roll me those sweet, smooth jams. Wooka wooka. to say i paid a dude 100 dollars for that theme song like seven <laughs> years ago and it still fucks dude yeah, yeah. Still i slaps. still jam out every time yeah mm-hmm. um 95 episodes in 95 episodes i still well i think we got the theme song like five episodes in or something right i don't know yeah. 90 remember. episodes in yeah. 90 episodes look it's still a shit ton of episodes <laughs> yeah uh fun fact and even more years yeah right yeah fun fact i uh we're recording this on a saturday afternoon I came to Taylor's house on a Tuesday afternoon to hang out, and I left <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm back today. That's what friendships like. That's what a we, good, true friendship is for. We haven't <coughs> we haven't hung out that much since we lived together. I don't think. Yeah, no, that's been like the longest. I mean, you've been busy. I've been busy. Yeah. So people would call that uh, a bender. <laughs> I mean, depending on which way you look at it. Well, no, I mean, it was your birthday, so yeah. like, hey, it was birthday a celebration week. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, you're welcome. I finally brought you that painting that Lauren made you and then gave to me for some <laughs> stupid reason. Because I didn't see Taylor before I left the country. Yeah, she I dropped it off to you. You made it before the con- you left the country. Yeah, yeah, I made it during COVID. That makes so much more sense. And we saw New Mutants, and so I gave it to you because I wasn't going to see Taylor before I left because yeah. COVID. Thanks for reminding me about that. You're welcome. But it has Buffy in it, so. It yes. does have Buffy in it. I forgot about that, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's not going to be much going on today. There's no big news topic. We just realized, shit, it's been about almost a month since we've podcasted. So we should probably do something. Yeah. And, and we're just going to do a little newscast. We're just going to wing it as yeah. usual, you know. It's like, just news yeah. and what we've been watching. I feel yeah. like it's usually a November newscast where we don't have a topic, but today no, it's, it's uh, a March, a March, a yeah. March newscast. It's, um, no, March. Amaral. Uh, no, Amare. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I feel Mar-El. like. March was like dominated by the Batman. So it's like next uh, starting next month, things are really going to pick up and then we're going to have like a a lot of stuff to cover. You know, we're excited. It's for Morbius. Oh man. Can't wait. No, also the other M word. Morbius. No, the other M word. Morbius. Multiverse of madness. No. (laughs) Multiverse of Morbius. Oh man. Thank you. I mean, the Morbius, the Morbius of madness. I'm surprised no one has said Mephisto, but I was going Mm. for Moon Knight. Moon Knight is Uh, the answer we were looking for. Moon Knight does come out uh, next Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Pretty excited for that. Yeah. And then you have um, good old Morbius coming out right after that. Mm -hmm. Then you have Sonic the the following week, and then I'm actually kind of excited for. Yeah. And then we're leading right up into like. Um, multiverse of madness, the uh, but also like uh, Obi Wan. You know, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff coming out in the next two months. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be crazy. Yep. Speaking of Morbius, yeah. Okay. Did you guys yeah. hear about this? Uh, 
Yeah. So <laughs> the movie is literally nobody is excited about this movie to the point that the director had to spoil the post credit scene just to get people excited for what's happening. But now that you've told me, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, we're still yeah. going to see it, unfortunately. But yeah. So that you guys don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you being the audience. Yes. We're falling on the blade for you guys. Yep. Uh, I'd rather watch Blade. <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers always trying it to might actually be an Hill. interesting uh, rebel feature. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll yeah. tell Carson. Yeah. Spicy, spicy double feature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The director came out and, and I, I feel like maybe it was calculated, but it did like the, the logic of that didn't make any sense to me where it's like, you're. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just because he was like, we got to get people hyped about this movie somehow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But then they spoiled the whole post credit scene. So people don't actually need to go to be a part of the hype. Yeah. No, just go so, sneaking at the end of the movie. You know, if anything, it just proves that less people are bound to see Morbius now more than ever. <laughs> Was that ever in question? No. I'm the, sure the general audience has just forgotten that it's even a fucking movie. Well, point. probably not because they show the fucking trailer in front of every goddamn movie for yeah. the last year. Or so how That's could you true. forget? Awful. Uh, the funny part to me was they had the Morbius press screening yeah. this week. And yeah. then I sent you guys the video of yeah, uh, they yeah. had a fucking DJ. Like the movie's so bad that you have to entertain oh. people. Hype everyone beforehand. Yeah. And then it says it on the screen. You know, they have like put the promo art for the movie on the screen before, you know, the movie starts and stuff. And it's all... Strictly embargoed till Thursday, three thirty-one. Like, don't you, tell everybody how much this movie sucks. Please. You, you know that whenever that happens, the studio's trying to hide something. So, oh my god, it pretty much just confirms like what we all knew to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was uh, the purple rift from the end of No Way Home. Spoilers, by the way, for a movie that hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Shows up indicating that the multiversal villains are being sent back to their respective universes. This somehow leads to Tombs being sent from his MCU prison cell to a prison cell in the Morbius universe. Tombs mm. is later freed from prison because they can't incarcerate him since there are no records of him doing any crimes in the universe. Post, oh. That's the first post credit scene. Post credit scene two is Michael Morbius is driving a car heading to a desert. He hears a noise that makes him get out of his car to investigate, and he notices something far away approaching him. It is revealed to be the Vulture in the MCU suit somehow. Vulture then talks to Morbius and tells him he wants to get revenge on Spider-Man, asking him if he would want to join him in his endeavor. Morbius accepts, as opposed to saying, who the fuck is Spider-Man? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they were saying that, you know... Well, uh, in early trailers for Morbius, we did see posters of Spider-Man. Yeah. So Spider-Man exists in Morbius's world as well. It's mm -hmm. just probably not Tom Holland. That's the crazy thing to me. He's like, hey, fuck this little teenage kid. I want to fuck him up. And Morbius is like, my Spider-Man's like 45. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Peter yeah. B. Parker and shit. Yeah. Like, how do you have a vendetta against someone else's Spider-Man that you don't have any beef with? Well, he probably, he probably just says Spider-Man. He doesn't say, like... No, but then why does Tombs have a problem with fucking this universe as fucking Spider-Man? Because he probably doesn't realize he's in a different universe. Idiot. <laughs> Sounds convoluted as hell. Yeah, yeah it does. Beautiful also, stuff. how are MCU characters going? Like, the Rift brought people in. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it sent everyone back to where they were from initially. Right. So how he's in a... I don't know, unless this is happening during... No way home time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I do know this that they came out and said this week that um, Morbius will not be getting a sequel. Oh, they, they did. You know, they said they might oh, use him man. in like you know in like yeah. a supplementary, like a Hulk kind of role where sure. he just pops up in movies or whatever. But uh, yeah, 
Thank goodness. Not a bright future for this uh, franchise. I mean, I we, mean they're releasing it on April Fool's Day, so. Jokes on us. Fair enough. Are you telling me we're not going to have to watch the Morbius 2 trailer 400 times? <laughs> Finally, yes. Only if we go to the Covina 20 theaters. Uh, yeah. That was bad. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm over that. What's yeah, next? Speaking of sequels. Mm, yes. Getting a Godzilla versus Kong sequel. Yeah. Apparently. I'm okay with that. Yeah, the movie yeah. was a, kind of a success. Here's the thing. I'm okay with it until you tell me what it's about, because you told me that the director was really excited to explore the worst part of well, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, so, yeah. okay, so this isn't, this, basically Adam Wingard did an interview, like, right after the movie came out last year. So nothing's been confirmed. We don't know who the director is. We don't know what the story's going to be. So this is 100% pure speculation based yeah. on what he said before the movie was even greenlit. Mm. But basically he said that they want to lean more into the hollow earth stuff and that he felt there was a lot more quote unquote, like territory to be explored there that really hadn't. Uh, and the, the idea of the ancient Titans and, and all yeah. this stuff. And, uh, what was your uh, response to that, Joel? No, thanks. Yeah. It was like, uh, you're, do, you're, you're literally pursuing the worst part of that movie. Yeah. Dude, that hollow earth shit was so, when he like jumps and then he like lands on, it's just, yeah, I remember we were watching it and we're like, are they really doing this? Like, is this for real right now? I was all on board for that movie until like then I'm like, Oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the movie's filming this year though, apparently in Australia, the, the summer. So it's happening sooner rather than later. And, uh, Hollow Earth in Australia confirmed. All the all the monsterverse heads out there are just rejoicing right now, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the fact that they're filming in Australia <laughs> doesn't look good for it not containing Hollow Earth. I yeah, know. right. Well, that's why they fil- filmed the first one, I think, as well. So yeah, which um, contained Hollow Earth? Yeah, my yeah. point stands. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm just saying they're doubling down, also, you know, all they're the just creatures that already exist in Australia. Just scream. Yeah, totally. Totally. Earth, so, uh, in other news, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. The best movie of all time. Crossed $600 million domestic. That's Love crazy. It. It's only one of three movies. Do you guys know which the other two are? Avatar. Can you guess? Domestic. Nope. Endgame. Yes. Mm. What's and the other one? Um, Titanic. No, it's a recent movie. It's it's it's, it's like within the last ten years. Infinity Fast War eight. No, nope. you guys, <laughs> you, you when I tell Morbius. you what it is, if you don't get it right, you're gonna be like, of course. Black Panther. Uh no. Is it a Marvel movie? Uh no. Star but Wars. But it is a Disney. But which one? Uh, Force Awakens. Yes. Okay. Force Awakens. Cool. Nice. Yep. And uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Some guy on Twitter said he thinks uh, Morbius is going to make 700 mil wor- worldwide opening weekend. And I, mm. and, I, and I laughed at him. More like $70. Yeah. <laughs> no, if, it, it, this is like the people that are, be, that are like, oh, the Snyder Cut actually ended up making more than they reported. Like definitely $1 billion, $1.5 billion, Like, Did you guys realize that the, the Snyder Cut isn't even technically DC? Because really? it's through HBO Max, so it's like Warner Brother Television or something like that. Interesting. Weird. It's I mean, not, I guess it it's tangential in terms of... But it's a complete, the, It's like a separate branch of the company. Wow. That's so weird. Yeah. Did you guys see... I told Joel this, but did you see that they put a uh, Justice is Gray version of the Snyder Cut, which is black and white? So it goes On along... HBO Max? Yeah. So, the, oh so it goes God. along with the uh, the 1 3 3 aesthetic that he chose. It gives you that... 
that 1920s movie feel, you no know? No one cares, Yeah, because that's totally where the Justice League is in the 1920s. I mean, to be fair, they have done that. They did it with Nightmare Alley recently. They did it with Mad Max yes, Fury Road. Yes, but that makes Road. sense with Nightmare Alley. Uh, even with Mad Max, like, that makes sense, too. Like, the black bit. and chrome edition is actually, like, yeah. fucking awesome. But, um, yeah, it's just I just thought that was funny. It's like, man, they're just... Milking it. Yeah. I wish my eye rolling made a sound. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got to ask you to do, Taylor, for this sweet Spider-Man news is play that sweet Spider-Man clip. Hit me with oh, it. Oh, man. Let me see. I think I, I think. Godspeed, Spider-Man. <sighs> Fuck and then yeah. Godspeed, Spider-Man. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> got to do them both. Godspeed, Spider-Man. <laughs> All the power to have what you want. Not enough to take it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> so we, it's so good. Uh, yeah, we watched that scene the other night just because we wanted to. Yeah, Didn't watch the whole movie. Just thought, I want to see that Willem Dafoe Yeah, we, we, me, me and Joel and my brother were all sitting there watching the Spider-Man. Or maybe it was Sarah. No Way, the, the No Way Home. Uh, it was all of us. Yeah. yeah, okay. Wasn't sure if he was here then or not. Um, uh, it's been a long week. We, watching, I know, right? Watching the bonus features and like, you know what? Just uh, go watch that scene. It's pretty good. Pretty I good scene. I want to watch those bonus features. I still haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. The bonus <laughs> features are good. It's really sad that you have to wait for the Blu-ray to have all the deleted scenes. Yeah. Oh, but the bonus features are on, on the digital, digital. now. Mm. Yeah, it's coming out on Blu-ray. I think the 11th of April. Yeah. So pretty close. They're gonna okay. take my yeah. money twice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bastards. I was willing to give him my money twice. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was holding off. Yeah. All right. Next news. I think Taylor knows. Um, everything about yeah, yeah well, speaking of lots of money this Pretty is down a, for us. this is like a crazy piece that came out this week so i figured it'd be something we should probably talk about uh but basically hollywood reporter published a like very in-depth expose about what's happening on the mission impossible sequels right now which is mission impossible 7 and mission impossible 8 uh for those of you who are unaware, the movies were originally supposed to shoot back to back. They realized that was a stupid idea. <laughs> and then they were like, we'll shoot seven and then we'll just jump right into eight, but separate them, you know, because yeah. it's like trying to sh do two movies like that's like too much. Like that's part of the reason why they separated Endgame and Infinity War yeah. is just too, yeah. too mind boggling. Um, you can't go to all those planets in one shooting yeah I, I think <laughs> right. i think this movie started shooting right before the pandemic i think yeah. it was like february 2020 they were in italy so it was like right there right uh this movie at this point has been delayed four times the release date yeah they've had seven or eight pauses in filming mm -hmm. we have the infamous tom cruise rant that i think we talked about on one yep. of our previous episodes fun fact multiverse of madness was supposed to come out yesterday that's true yeah Originally, that would have been perfect. What the hell? I know. God damn it. Um, for this <laughs> it's podcast, all Marvel's yeah, fault I know. why we are getting a newscast. Just, just messed it all up. It's okay. We're going to get to that movie eventually. And basically, the budget for Mission Impossible 7 is reported to be over 300 million at this point due to all those delays. Jeez. But the interesting thing to me is that Tom Cruise has basically gotten, he lawyered up and he got into this big, still ongoing legal battle with the studio about the release strategy Nuts. for the movies. So basically Paramount wanted 45 days in theaters exclusive. Then on Paramount plus after that, Tom Cruise is like, yo, I'm Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I need 90 days minimum. Like that's the deal or no deal, you know? And he does have power because his production company actually produces it and then yeah. Paramount distributes it. And plus he's Tom Cruise. What are they going to do? Get another dude to do those movies like yeah. Jeremy Renner? 
<laughs> they tried. Claws. They tried. Um, yeah. They so they might have better luck now, though. Yeah. If they did that. Yeah. So it's this is this whole ongoing battle. Apparently, the budget for Mission Impossible Eight hasn't been solidified yet, and they're already in production. So basically, they were talking. One of the execs or one of the people who was quoted in the article was talking about how uh, he's basically like, "Yeah, once we get some numbers and a budget solidified, then we can know what it's going to cost." But the problem is, is that if you know anything about the way Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie work together, is they're very improvisational, right? Mm-hmm. Very off the cuff. They don't even go with it, go in with a shot list. They just know. Oh wow! We need these elements. We're just going to make it up on the, I mean, the stunts, you have to plan it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of the story, like, uh, there's a story from Miss, sorry, I've got something in my throat here. <coughs> Excuse me. A uh, story of Mission Impossible 5 where uh, Chris McCoy didn't even know what the ending of the movie was going to be until two thirds of the way through production. He finally figured oh it my out. Gosh. So they're literally just winging it. And he's writing scenes. It must be nice to have a And he's basically writing yeah. pieces of the script as they're going along, right? And then assembling it and editing. But yeah, it's just this really strict, crazy story. And of course, you know, Tom Cruise lowering up. It's like he's, you know, he's going to win that battle. But uh, apparently it's unresolved. Yeah, it's still they're just like, let's start eight because the, the idea is they want to finish both of them and have, you know, have it be a two hander, so to speak. Um, and there's going to be apparently going to be a big cliffhanger. Uh, one of the funny anecdotes was, though, <laughs> is they're they supposed to have a submarine in number eight. And they were like, you know what? I think we actually want to use this for number seven. So we got to find a submarine. And it was like super last minute. And the, so doing stuff like that is the reason why this budget yeah. is just so like expensive. sort of ballooning. Uh, definitely well, one of the most expensive singular movies productions yeah. in and history. The levels of the stunts too, like you said, getting that submarine and then the with the the train. They crashed that they a crashed whole a real train, yeah. yeah, or in the UK. Like, yeah, ugh, it's crazy. Yeah, apparently they're filming in like South Africa right now. So I was like, dang, man, Whoa. they're literally globetrotting it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, well you know, we, we had a conversation about this earlier in the week and uh, I just don't, I, look, I'm not like a huge Tom Cruise like Stan, right? But as a studio, knowing that Tom Cruise is going to make you a bunch of money, why are you fighting with him? Well, that it's just funny. Give him what yeah. he wants that's and what it's going to make yeah. you your money back. That's what they say. So one of the, one of the um, sources here says... Uh, Tom looks at the money he delivers to the studio. Why wouldn't you go do whatever you want? Who's going to tell you not to? These exec- executives say Cruz is driven by his own perfectionism. Mm. It's not always the best interest of the budget, but he he's incredibly detailed and willing to put enormous amount of time and effort into every aspect, which we knew, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really, this is supposed to be kind of the grand finale for the, for the series. And I mean, the first uh, seven got pushed to 2023 mm-hmm. and eight got pushed to 2024. So, I mean, these movies, the saga of these movies is not over. I have a feeling this is going to oh, be yeah. something that's ongoing until they figure out the release strategy. And, uh, you know, of course, with seven comes eight. So they have to figure out both of those movies yeah. now. Mission Impossible Fallout made $791 million. Yeah. Whoa. Just give the dude three hundred million budget, dollars. But yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like with the with eight, it shouldn't cost anywhere near as much in theory if they don't have all the delays because that's what you're saying is like so much of that money came from all the delays, right? Because of COVID. So yeah. in theory, they won't. It's not like they're going to be spending another three hundred thirty right. million dollars. Do yeah. you guess at what Mission Impossible Fallout has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's probably lower than you think, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say 78. 
97. Whoa. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> what no, it's, it's good, dude. It's a unanimous spin. Y'all um, were way off. Is that yeah. the one with, with Henry Cavill and his mustache? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a trick question. That's he, why I went lower. he cocks his arms. Oh, yeah. yeah. The arm guns, yep. The arm guns. Yeah, and it says uh, it, uh, when they pitched the movie, there was a treatment but no scripts. And he's like, the hardest part of running a studio is your desperate need for 10 poles. If you don't have a lock script, it's impossible to pencil the budget out. So I think that's part of where the where the uh, conflict is coming from, yeah. as well as the fact that this movie, these movies were greenlit under a different regime. And now there's a new regime coming in or that has come in recently. And so it makes sure. things even more complicated. But again, yeah. it is a Mission Impossible. Exactly. Movie. So like it's going to be a tent pole no matter what. Oh, 100 percent. It's going to make 700 million dollars. Close to 800 million dollars. Probably more. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it makes if it crosses a billion. Yeah, especially because they're going all out. It's globe trotting. They're going mm-hmm. to different continents. I mean, not that they didn't before, but seems like they're really going for broke on this one. Yeah. Anyway, the moral of that story is just like spend the money, make the money. You got to spend money to make money. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a saying, right? Yeah, it is very much so. Did you guys hear that Doc Brown's going to be in the next season of The Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd cool. himself, man. Feels like a Werner Herzog, another Werner Herzog type flex, oh, you know? Yeah. I bet you'd just be in like yeah. one episode. That's so, f- yeah. Maybe. What if he plays Doc Brown in the Star Wars? Oh my Wars gosh. Universe? Yo! That would be ridiculous. It's he like, travels across the universe. He travels like, that far in time, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Rick and Morty, but Rick is like, yeah. like just a immortal. Yeah. Damn. He's like, I invented. Lightspeed for the first time yeah. 300 <laughs> years ago with my friend Marty McFly. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah, you guys think he's going to be like good guy, bad guy, bounty hunter? It'd be cool to see him play a bad guy. Just. Yeah. He's usually the good guy. Yeah. I'd also be okay with him Not just always, like though. playing a barkeeper. We've seen him as a bad guy before. Yeah. He was bad guy in Hugo. Or, uh, Hugo. Uh, <laughs> Who, Who framed, framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I was gonna say like that would be cool, but I'd also just be okay with him like being a barkeep in like some random That's what cantina, I was thinking, you know? Like, is like, it gonna be tight. something like that, where it's like, or yeah. like the like, uh, sheriff, like a Tilly- Timothy Oliphant or yeah. something like that? Like, probably not a recurring role, but maybe so, like a couple episodes in the yeah. season would be tight. I'd It'd be, be okay, okay with that. If it was a recurring role. Yeah. What if he's a stormtrooper? <laughs> That'd be weird. It's like, <laughs> well, unless he's replacing Gina Carano. Yeah. And they're gonna use CG. No, it's just him. <laughs> they don't explain it. They really. don't address it. It's like, just the same this character. Female is now a male. <laughs> old man. I don't know. I love I love Christopher Lloyd no matter what. So I'm excited to see what they do with him. I hope it's yeah. more than one episode. But did you see the Bob Odenkirk movie Nobody? No. I haven't yet. I've been meaning to watch it. It's on HBO Max. He plays his dad in that movie. Oh He's, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like age wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, there's nothing else to say about that because we don't know anything else about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our last episode was on the Batman. Mm-hmm. What happened this week? <laughs> we got a deleted scene, like a five-minute delete. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird. This movie has done a lot of different things that yeah. studio tent poles normally wouldn't do. Do you remember a couple backs when they a couple months back <laughs> when they released that uh the scene from the funeral in the movie? It was like yeah. a two-minute yeah. extended clip, and they're just yeah. like, here you go. Um, kind of feels like that, you know. Yeah, they could have easily saved this deleted scene for the Blu-ray, but um, it's a Joker scene, so why the hell not get people well, excited about yeah. it? I wonder if like I haven't been I haven't been tracking box office enough, but like this, has it dipped 
off a little bit it's doing well this this weekend uh it finally was unseated number one at least based on the friday numbers by um the lost city um interesting because i was gonna say well maybe it's a ploy like if they're if they're losing numbers to get people to to go back and come in and haven't seen it yet well i mean Definitely, and and the interesting thing is, is that the movie is actually going to be on HBO Max like April fifteenth, I think, oh, like mid April. Wow. So it's a very short window for this. Basically, it's a forty five forty five day window. Mm. What they're trying to do with wow, yeah, um, with Mission, Mission Possible. But um, yeah, we were teased this um, deleted scene by Matt Reeves in like text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of told us what it was about. Batman goes to see the Joker to get some information on the Riddler. He's like, "We well, look at this," and the Riddler kind of laughs and goes like, "Oh yeah, this is nice. This looks brutal." And then Batman's like, yeah, do you know, you know, why he's doing it? And the Riddler's just kind of like, yeah, you know why, because you are the same person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I didn't like about this scene, 90% out of focus. Yeah. Well, I th- I mean, I think I know why. They were really trying to tease the makeup of it right. or his face. Of but course. But then don't, I agree with but you. But then don't hold on a shot of him for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have him so out of have focus. Flashes. And, yeah, have flashes yeah. of it where he's out of focus. I agree. They straight up hold a shot on him for, like, a but long time. But as we discussed <laughs> previously, that's the cinematographer's, like, yeah. Yeah. calling card is these long, unnecessarily long shots. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot that I like about this look, though. He's it's like, cool. the hair's green, but it's all patchy. It's yeah. like he deformed. fell into, actually fell into a vatic, what falling into a vatic chemical, chemicals would do to you. Yeah, except I think Matt Reeves said that this version of the Joker he was didn't. born deformed. Uh, yeah. I didn't catch born. that. Born deformed. The, the born identity. The born, I was going to say that. Dude, born <laughs> deformed. Uh, he was born deformed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you see his teeth are all fucked up. His lips are all like, gross yeah his i mean his whole body just looks like super scarred and yeah. like wrinkly or something i don't know it's weird yeah i'm definitely intrigued by the story of this joker but i'm very glad that this scene was not in the final film because i think it would have just mm-hmm. super detracted from yeah. the already overly complicated story and yeah, kind of changed the pace not for the better oh yeah having Whoa. him go back to arkham twice the pace would have been weird i mean you could have pulled it off they should have definitely trimmed it down if they were going to keep it in the movie but i agree i think it shouldn't have been in the movie it doesn't really expand on the story in fact i think it actually hurts yeah the characterization a little bit because it's like makes batman look almost more dumb yeah like some of the choices it's like i get you're young like still figuring it out like kind of raw batman but like right there was a lot of criticism of like batman should have real like i realized what this uh riddler clue is like batman should have realized it like yeah, and it yeah, just, yeah. i feel like with the way that the joker spells that out in mm-hmm. the scene it just doesn't feels like filler a little bit and again yeah. um i would prefer to like have them introduce joker and we kind of talked about this a little bit the other day was um was to have them introduce joker and then he's just in the background like yeah he's just in the city doing anarchist shit and like but he's not like the main villain or like really involved or really involved. Yeah. Like you could maybe have one or two scenes, but like just have him be on the outside looking in. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and, and also just do something different. Like we've done six different versions of the Joker now. Like yeah. Batman's rogues gallery is so much better than just the Joker. Yeah. Agreed. I, I did find it interesting with like how, like you were saying how young quote unquote this Batman is that yeah. 
he's already encountered the Joker and put the Joker in Arkham at the point of this movie where what and I think that's another reason why I'm glad this didn't make the final cut is because watching the final cut of the film it seems like he's still very much finding his feet and yeah he's been doing it for a while but it seems like uh Riddler might be his biggest villain he's touched so far. Yeah. So I feel First, like, like you were, super villain. Yeah. yeah, and like you were saying, like I think it um definitely would have detracted from Batman's skills mm-hmm. or like made me question his skill level more if it's like, okay, you've already put the Joker yeah. in Arkham at this point in your first year or whatever, but you can't figure out the Riddler's yeah. stuff like that's weird. Mm-hmm. So I do hope that if we if we see him again in some way, that this scene actually just gets scrapped entirely. What if um, what if Batman I never even put the Joker yeah. there? It's an asylum. And he was right? just there. Yeah. The Joker's just lived in the asylum almost his entire life because he's fucking psychotic. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. And then at in the future, first, he escapes, and Batman has to deal with him. Right? Like, yeah. What if he never actually? But he has a, clearly has a relationship with Joker. So how right. did that evolve? Is well, the question. In, in you know? the scene, though. Exactly. That's right, what I'm right, saying. Right. If we if the scene doesn't exist and we go off of the final product of the movie, yeah, and Joker's. Joker and Batman haven't had any interaction. Well, exactly. That's you what know? I'm saying. Yeah, like, I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Um, Again, I would say the like, scene gave me more appreciation for the Joker's laugh. Mm-hmm. When I like the Barry Keegan scene at the end of the movie. I was like, I don't know. But in this, I think in the extended scene, I like it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit more nuanced than, than, than what we got to see. Absolutely. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like you said, let's do something else for the sequels. Yeah. 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 You know what else? Uh, I don't know if this is a bad segue or not, but you know what else is uh, pale and weird looking? Nick that Cage. We saw recently, yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage is a uh, uh, Dracula. Dracula. And yeah. well, I'm trying to think of the name. The what Renfield is it? Movie. Renfield. Yeah. Thank you. I was blanking on. It. I was gonna say Nosferatu, but I'm like, that's not it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, there's not much to say on this other than Nick Cage is like amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, but also it looks like he's wearing like the Infinity Stones. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was, rings. I yeah. said it was the um, uh, uh, the Mandarin rings. Oh yeah, yeah that's funny. It, it looked like it was like the Ten Rings. Like, yeah. I was yeah, like, like what is it's going like on, they dude? almost look like claws. Yeah, it's so weird. It's pretty funny, and he's all pale and like I just love Nick Cage's commitment. You His know, sweet yeah. velour. There was, there was this code. thing where That's he, another movie we should be getting soon, right? The uh, Nick Cage movie? Yes, it comes out next the month. The Unbearable yeah. Weight of Massive yeah. Talent. It's like the 25th or, yep. or something like nice. the last weekend of the month. Um, that, well, yeah. then that's what we're doing for my birthday, guys. Boom. It's on. Done. Uh, yeah, and also, you know, Nick Cage came out recently and he was like, yeah, so I did all those shitty movies like to help pay off my tax bills yeah. and shit. But like, he basically was like, I never phoned it in. And I'm like, yeah. king shit. Yeah, like if it's your job, you can do season yeah. of the witch and you can still fucking own that role, you yeah. know, like because it's Nick Cage. Like not many people can do that. Who, what's what's the movie with the bees? Um, the Wicker Man, the not, the bees. Bees. not the bees, and they're well, that's like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no. From from it's not from from the happening. No, the happening the is what no the happening the is the wind. No, I know, but I'm saying oh is yeah, that well, yes, yes, the happening? yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Cage's line in in the Wicker Man is no, not the bees. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of it. I'm yeah. doing a, a Morty impression more so than anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know nothing about this movie, but yeah, seeing the outfit, I was like, <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, and then we have uh, something regarding Obi Wan. I'm assuming that's the trailer, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, they bring back the duel of fates. 
sound. Uh, I was gonna say soundtrack score. I appreciate this it. Fucking trailer, dude. I appreciate it. Um, we get to we get to see young Luke. Uh, we get to hear Darth Vader. We get to see the Grand Inquisitor, which I think is a cool thing. I I don't like the design choice, but the storyline yeah. of the uh, you know the Grand Inquisitor after the fall of the Empire. There's these inquisitors, inquisitors, these inquisitors <laughs> that go out and hunt Jedi, right? Because there's only so many left after Order sixty six. Oh, fall of the Empire. I'm sorry, after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, there's only so many Jedi left, or whatever. And the inquisitors are out there to just straight up merc the rest of them, and uh, the Grand Inquisitor is a big thing in like Star Wars Rebels, the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting storyline that they've never tackled before. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how this plays out. And I, I think there's a quote in the trailer where it's like, uh, the need for Jedi to do the right thing is like an itch. They can't, mm. ign- like they can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I enjoy that. Like we know he's going to be out there doing the right thing. So we'll just, you know, we'll go out there and we'll look for him. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I don't know. I'm excited for it. It's Obi Wan. It's fucking Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Can't go wrong. What were your thoughts, Lauren? Um, uh, I'm yeah. I mean, basically same. Like it looks, it looks good. It looks like a story we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. But then, like you said, seeing like Luke in there, um, I'm just really excited to see where exactly it fits in the timeline and how it ties everything, ties everything together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. I hate to burst your guys' bubble, but I did not love this trailer. That's I mean, I, it's fine. like obje- I didn't think it was necessarily an amazing trailer. No, but I'm excited I, for I the think show. my favorite thing out of the trailer was the fucking meme that came out of it. <laughs> the Obi Wan, yeah, the with the him looking at yeah, the binoculars. It's too freaking funny. There's so much funny stuff that came out of that. But um, yeah, I mean, like objectively, it's cool, right? Like there's yeah. the Darth Vader tease at the end. There's the yeah, uh, the Inquisitor stuff. There's the duel of the fates, like you meant, like that. All that shit is really cool, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I can't help but think, like, so we're just on Tatooine again, and like we're just. Oh yeah. Do, so like, we had this conversation, but like, like yeah, he's on Tatooine because he's got to protect Luke, but he's also like, you see the city with like. Yes, but we're still using the, the same old characters too, yeah. right? The Inquisitors, Darth Vader, like Inquisitors are something that general fans know nothing that's about. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's like a brand new character for like the general public. This is this is true, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that just a lot of it feels familiar, and it's like. From what we heard, I don't know if you guys heard this, but apparently they talked about how, because you know they had reworked the show, yeah, there was yeah, a big yeah. delay because of that. Um, basically, it was supposed to be much, much more darker, mm. and mm. it was supposed to be Darth Maul as the villain instead oh. of Vader, and I would have preferred something like that, just because I think Dark, Darth Maul is like kind of underserved in the movies and like really deserves to have... I mean, you know, obviously there's the Clone Wars stuff, but... Yeah, I, would, I don't know. I would agree with you, except for the fact that, like, the way that Obi-Wan and Anakin leave each other at the end of Revenge of the Sith is, like, I want to see how Anakin's little bitch ass handles it. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there was a quote that said, like, yeah. their, like their, their reunion in the show is going to be, like, just epic. I wouldn't be surprised by that. But yeah, I just it's it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, cool, we're getting an Obi-Wan show. Yeah. We've done the Mandalorian, which is doing like the book of Boba Fett, like we're gonna kind of do old like I just want something new, you know? And I know yeah. we're gonna get that eventually with things like the Acolyte and like all the stuff that's coming up. Yeah, the Acolyte sounds but sick. 
Yeah, I'm just kind of tired of the same old, same old Star Wars shit, man. I'm getting a little burnt out on it. I'm not going to yeah. lie. See, it's funny that you say that because my my ass wants like the Grand Thrawn trilogy. You know, like I mean, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see more Luke after Return of the Jedi. You know, and Thrawn. Like I like that's fine as long as he's interacting with new and different characters and yeah. doing different things, not just the same things he's done before. You know, like interacting with Grogu. Like training Grogu like Yoda trained him. Like, okay, that's a cool idea, but it's literally just the same shit you're recycling, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, that's neither here nor there. I'm excited for the show, nevertheless. I'm probably going to watch it, but I'm just yeah. starting to get burnt out on, on Star Wars a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And here's the thing. I might agree with you because the Book of Boba Fett was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it. But yeah. I'm a, but I'm a, but I'm a dog chasing the mailman, dude. Yeah. How many <laughs> How many times does the mailman come? And the dog barks at them. Yeah. They see him every day. Mm-hmm. They see him every day. They never get used to him. Yeah. They bark at them the next day. Mortal enemy. So I'm over the book of Boba Fett. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, Star Wars. It's really getting on my nerves. Oh, what's that? New Obi-Wan show? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can you can burn me out as much as you want. I'm just going to watch the next one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, that's what uh, it is to be a fanboy. Yeah, really. <laughs> fanboy life. Uh, any more thoughts on Obi-Wan? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say until we actually see the series. What's yeah. up, you and McGregor? Yeah, right. What up, dog? Let's hang out. <laughs> what up, G Money? Come on the podcast. Come, come hang out with Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead what? and I. And us. Bring Mary Elizabeth Winstead oh. and we'll <laughs> hang out. You know they're together, right? Are they married? Yeah. yeah. I think they're married. I, for sure they're together. Yeah. I know that. Wow. Um, have you seen that uh, great. The Drake gif where he's looking at the phone? He's like, wow. Yeah. That's how I feel about that yeah. that union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, no main topic. This was the news. Hope you guys yeah. enjoyed this episode of Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me writing for Mandadori.com. You can find me on Twitter.com at Taylor Salen. Are we not doing what we've been watching? Oh, shit. I mean, we can. Uh, hey, Taylor, what have you been watching? I mean, not much, really. <laughs> honestly, uh, I have been watching a couple things. We finally, you had seen it, but when you were over the other day, we rewatched, well, you rewatched Jackass Forever and I watched it for the first time, but we watched together Mm. and uh, great. Just, just, just like old times, you know, it's like (laughs) just slipping into an old blanket, you know, that's just comfortable and, and, and nice and also happens to have like a good, you know, penis to time ratio about every a dick every five minutes in the movie which is good oh you know so much penis yeah the opening scene is is pretty amazing yeah it's ridiculous um, yeah and then beyond that i um had a chance to check out the pilot for halo oh uh, yeah oh, you plus yeah. yeah you must have watched that last night uh yesterday <laughs> yesterday when i wasn't um, here yeah right after you left basically <laughs> yeah. uh I forgot you don't have Paramount Plus though, so it's like I do not. Uh, it's the, I like the trailer uh, mm. for Mandatory. I wrote the article that you know the, the the male penis can only get so erect as describing the trailer oh because it looks like a very good video game adaptation, like especially yeah. for something that's been in development for like fifteen years. Like they've been, they Christ. haven't been able to get it right, and uh, the pilot for this show is not. The most encouraging. Oh no! Um, I think there's some good stuff, and I want it. There's still like I think it's a nine episode season, so there's still a lot of time. Yeah. Why do to build nine? it up? Do ten? I don't. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. there's only enough story for nine. Who knows? Does it have to do with like the like the games, like the aliens, mm-hmm. or like yeah, the, it's bad like guys. the covenant like, and all okay. that stuff? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, 
Master Chief takes his helmet off at the end of the first episode. Boo. And I think that pissed a lot of people off. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but a lot of hardcore Halo people, from what I'm gathering, are being like, it's basically as if somebody like never played the game and just decided to make a series based on it. So uh, it has a lot of the iconography, but I think it's very divergent in terms of sure. what people wanted to see. Question. I'm not a super Halo fan, so I was fine with it. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't love it at the same time. Is he hot? Pablo Shriver, dude. Of course he's hot. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's porn stash. Yeah. yeah, dude. Wolverine? <laughs> Maybe. There's rumors that he's going to play Wolverine. Yeah, Isn't yeah. he too tall, though? Far too tall. Yeah. yeah. Far too tall. I think you get Peter Dinklage Wolverine, dude. How about that? No, he's got a play. Uh, <laughs> a hard eye roll. Like, maybe. <laughs> it wasn't an eye roll. It was more like my like, yeah. I was having yeah. a seizure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Couldn't process um, that. So there's, a, there's actually a character named Puck in the Marvel Universe. When Wolverine goes to hell, mm-hmm. he's got this friend in hell named Puck, and they, they kind of like escape hell together. Uh, am I casting him as Puck because they're both little people? Yeah. Uh, but I also think he's just got the the uh, the attitude mm-hmm. to play Puck. Oh, yeah. Well, he's already playing uh, Toxic Avenger in the remake. So, yeah. hey, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. And then so back to what we've been watching beyond that. the And I know we I think you watched part of this as well is uh, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. I finally started that about four or five episodes in. Very much enjoying it. Uh, I was telling Lauren a little bit off mic that like. It's different than uh-huh. what I expected, but yeah. I also like it. I don't know if I love it, but yeah. I like where it's going. Yeah, totally. I So I'm a little bit farther than you. I haven't mm-hmm. quite finished it yet. I think I have three episodes left. Yeah. Um, but I was telling Joel on the way over because um, he hasn't seen it yet, but I really love uh, how they have, A, such a diverse cast and B how they have like they have non-binary characters Mm -hmm. and they have queer relationships and they don't make a thing about it that's just how it it is like even um shoot I don't know if you've gotten this far but uh with uh with the character of Jim Mm -hmm. we meet someone from Jim's past who doesn't know them as Jim and they're like actually I'm Jim now and like things just move on it's not a big deal they're like oh cool great anyway um and I, I think that's just really cool, like the representation mm-hmm. uh, of this yep. show. Again, yep. not something that I was expecting out of it, um, but I think it's great. And also, I just, I have loved Reese Darby for so long, mm-hmm. and for him to finally get a lead role right. is so it does much feel... fun to watch. And especially, I mean, he and Taika together yeah. are always like magic because they're both just ridiculous kings of improvisational scenes mm-hmm. um which i think yeah. they did a lot on this show yeah um but I, I love that and their dynamic and seeing them yeah. just play and be silly and then just the amount of guest stars like everyone from all random corners of the earth is in this yeah. show i feel yeah. like every yeah. episode has at least one guest star that you know or have seen somewhere um some of which yeah. you don't even recognize like Nick Kroll, you kind of recognize, but Christian yeah. Shaw was almost unrecognizable. Almost unrecognizable. The only to tell um, is the voice, obviously. Yeah, after you, it's, but, but even, even then, then, she's in a French accent. Yeah. So, you know, you don't, it takes a second. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I can't wait for it to get a season two. So hopefully I can work on it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that they shot at Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. And so it feels like they shot on it mostly on a stage. They did mostly like, shoot on a volume. Oh, actually. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels very like. Um, what do you call it? Stagecrafty. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think just jumping off what you're saying, uh, I really appreciated that it's basically just a character drama. Mm-hmm. Like it's not very plot heavy and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. And it, there's got a, there's a lot of character actors on yep. it too, which yep. I'm loving some yep. of the, some of the characters like buttons and mm-hmm. the Swede. And I'm just like, yeah. what are these choices that you're making? There's guys? some good stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it for me. That's what I've been watching. Oh, okay. What about you, Lauren? Um, so aside from that, um, <laughs> random reality show that I've been watching on Netflix called Is It Cake? Oh, yeah. I, Sarah and so watched funny. the first season and I watched most of it. With yeah. Her. I just finished it the other night. It's pretty and funny. It's, like, it's pretty funny. It's, um, oh my gosh. Mikey Day from SNL <laughs> is host of it. I don't know that I love him. He kind <laughs> like, of reminds me of like Norman Bates, like yes, hosted a, hosted yes. a, sh- a TV show. A hundred percent. Yep. That's exactly it. Cause he like, his eyes. He's just always looked dead to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he, he grew on me a little bit through the show. But yeah. even on SNL, I'm always like, who is this yeah. guy? How is he here? Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I love, I, I do, do cake decorating as a hobby. And so I love all yeah. those kind of um, cake baking shows. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of fun. And, and they do kind of let the audience guess along. Because um, yep. w- what it is, is the bakers have to make something that is made out of cake look like something else that's real. So yes. like they might have to make like this microphone yeah, or the like washer machine. Or a sewing you know? machine. Yeah. yeah. And, um, then, they and have, then they have five of them sitting out for yeah. our real versions of those objects and yeah. one of them gotcha. is cake. So you have four decoys yeah. basically. And so you, the, then the judges have to try and guess which is cake and if they can fool the judges they move on and they can win money and blah yeah. blah, blah blah blah. It's so funny that you say that because literally two seconds ago I was reading a tweet that said uh, the start of Mission Impossible 8 is a bad guy with a sword slashes a Tom Cruise it's just a cake. Yeah. A nearby cake no. stands up. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah. No, they, I saw someone joking about uh, the ending of, of the season and they're like, uh-huh. it would have been funny if they just start cutting into the set and it's cake and the contestants are cake and the host is cake. Like, I mean, it's not uh, far from our house. I know, right? But, um, but yeah. yeah, so it, it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah, I got through it in like two days. So it's, it's yeah, it's easily quick, bingeable. Like, bingeable, put yeah. on the background, whatever. Um, but I thought it was fun. Um, I also finished the latest season of Mrs. Maisel. Um, You saw my ex-girlfriend in it. I did. Well, kind of. I never realized. Like, I never actually noticed it was her. I said from you showing me that photo. Um, But. She's in it. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Um, I thought it was great. As always, I really like um, where uh, Lenny Bruce is going. Um, I don't know if either of you have watched season no really no much of the show I, I, yeah, I haven't really i've heard good things one. but yeah, yeah but so anyway lenny bruce is a character on the show um but this season takes a pretty uh emotional turn with him i would say um i did not realize that i was watching the last episode when i was watching it Ugh. so it is kind of on quite a bit of a cliffhanger in my opinion oh damn, damn i thought um, there was more left yeah because they they like they kind of build to his emotional arc without yeah. resolving it um so i'm excited to see where the next season goes but it, i mean it's always a good time with that show um i also watched the new disney pixar movie turning red oh i you saw that as well i it. loved it oh it was great it was i think it's it's one of my top I, more recent pixar films i think it's top sure. tier pixar like s tier yeah. pixar for sure yeah. yeah um i i just thought it was great it was um, especially as as a girl, 
um, <laughs> who grew up around that age during that time period. Um, it really is really cool coming of age story and dealing with, you know, not only like puberty changes but like Mm -hmm. emotions and stuff like that and learning how to how to deal with that um in a fun way and then also the fact that it showcases like it it, api characters like is so cool and all like a diff it's a it's a very diverse um group of friends Mm -hmm. which i I thought was pretty great yeah totally yeah no i agreed and um you know it's funny for uh or, I mean, I'm not even a female, but it's very specific in terms of its choices. Like it's two, set in 2002 in Toronto and featuring like uh-huh. an Asian American lead, you know, in the movie. And well, with an Asian Canadian, lead. Asian Canadian. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's based on the director's life story. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, God, and Republicans I, are mad about periods. I, yeah, right. Yeah. I think that despite that, like it's a very universal story in a lot of ways, like yeah. despite that specificity, which I think is a good thing because it right. allows you to relate to what yeah. she's going through. And that's why I think like it is more than just like specifically like female puberty, even though like that's yeah, mom is like, I have all the pads in the yeah, world for yeah, you, yeah. like all that stuff, which I think is also really cool if they bring it up as angry as people are getting about it yeah what um, i figured this it's more about like learning to accept and like be yourself in a lot of ways right like exactly. it's about embracing it's that, like the panda isn't just puberty it's no, like it's, it's how to deal with anger and big emotions in mm-hmm. general and um and there's and also yeah, definitely exactly. a trans allegory yourself, in there too yeah and yeah. and choosing who you are you know and who you want to be so um I, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I recommend it. It's the the director did the the short bow. Do you oh, guys remember yeah. that one? Yeah. So she um I don't remember if she directed bow or if she just worked on it and then eventually mm. like now she's written and directed She probably turning red. Was directed that something it, we think. saw in Show of Shows at Comic Con? No, probably. It was, it was before it was a I mean it was it's a, it a short before No, I know. I can't remember um, which movie it was though. I don't remember either. Yeah. Was it Toy it, Story? Mm, I, I want to say it was Big Hero 6, but I think I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's cool that she like started out mm-hmm. a while ago with that short and then and now has, has done a full feature. Also, the um, documentary on the making of the movie on Disney Plus as well is very good. Oh, uh, cool. And it was a, it, one of the first Pixar movies to be uh, to have a mostly female or if, if not all female lead like creative team on it like cool. producers direct like all the yeah. above the line people that's great also yeah. um billy eilish doing the boy band songs yeah you know it's pretty that? good yeah um, it's pretty good that's kind of fun um and lastly i watched all the first season of the mysterious benedict society mm. do you guys know anything about this sounds show? familiar but I do not. So it's on disney plus um i didn't really know about it and then i got booked to work on it and I did a day on that, and I was like, I'm very intrigued by this now. You're like, I'll watch um, that. Yeah. So, well, I watched the first episode going into it um, okay. to know what I was, you know, about to walk on. Yeah. And then after the first episode and working on season two, um, I was like, yeah, I really want to know how we get from there to there. Yeah. Um, and I went home and watched it. It stars um, Tony Hale and Kristen Shaw. Uh, and it's really technically a kid's show, but it's like a Lemony Snicket, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibe. Like so dark. it's kind of dark. And uh, honestly, 
I think it's too mature for some kids. Like, it's not for young kids. It's for a little bit older kids. Yeah. But also adults enjoy it. Like, I mentioned to a, my friend Christina, um, I was at her house the day before I, I worked a day on it. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I love that show. And, you know, she's she's our age with a child. Like, she's a grown woman. And she, she liked it. And I liked it. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's... You know, there are some moments, mostly because it also stars four children, um, that you're like, okay, yeah, this is a kid show. But then once you, especially once you get back to the adults, um, because there's like a core kid cast and a core adult cast, um, it really kind of, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of fun. It's it's also kind of like Miss Peregrine's um, Mm, in a way where there's like maybe some kind of power situation involved with some people, maybe not. We're not sure. There's still a lot of mystery at the end of season one. Um, that again, now having worked on season two, yeah. I'm like, how do they get from that finale to what we just shot last week? I don't like, know. Oh, man. Um, but, but it was fun. And especially like, I mean, Tony Hale plays two characters on the show. He plays. That's good. Spoilers. But it's kind of that. obvious. T- twin brothers. Yeah. Who are vastly, vastly different. Yeah. Vastly, drastically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard it. You know? I heard. I seen it. <laughs> well, one's a good guy, one's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and so, just from an acting perspective as well. And again, I got to see him play both of these characters on set, um, and hear him talk to his stand-in about, uh, you know, this, the differences between the characters, and like he makes some pretty cool like physicality choices yeah. as well as just like his hair and wardrobe being different. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's pretty, pretty fun to watch from that yeah. perspective as well. So nice. it's, it's a great, uh, cast and the crew's super awesome too. So, um, just from a more personal sp- perspective, I can recommend it as well, but I did thoroughly enjoy it and I will watch season two. So nice. definitely recommend that too. Heck yeah. Tight. Was that it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watched, uh, okay. If there's a comedian that I'm so hot and cold with, it's probably Amy Schumer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some very funny things she's done, like the Twelve Angry Men inside of Amy Schumer is like just pure comedy gold. Yeah. Um, there are things that she's done that I'm not a big fan of, but she's got a Hulu show called Life and Beth right now yeah. with uh, Michael Sarah, and I, it it captured me enough in the first two episodes that I was like, I'm gonna finish this in a day. Um, <laughs> okay. I liked it a lot, man. Michael Sarah plays a really good character, and I like when comedians attack something that's a lot more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there are definitely funny parts of the show, right? She makes jokes. She's still Amy Schumer, but I think it's a lot based on like her early childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of like trauma that I think she's like trying to work through, uh, through filmmaking and storytelling. Yeah. And uh, I think it's done really well. It's like a mix of uh, flashbacks from when she's a kid to um, current day things. And Michael Sarah plays like a farmer and, um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I liked the performances and the story and the setting is even cool. Like she's from the city and it, it like takes place in like Long Island and like on farms out in the countryside. She's like a, mm. yeah. she's like a wine salesperson. Oh geez. <laughs> Michael Rappaport plays her dad. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Nice. I would recommend it. Even if you're just a fan of any of those people I just named, you know, like if you're just like a Michael Rappaport fan, he's got some really good scenes in it that just, he shines. Oh, yeah. Uh, which like when really doesn't he, you know? Yeah, um, pretty much. And then I watched uh, X. Mm-hmm. Ah, the new Ty West Ty film. West. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it's been like eight years since he's made a movie or something like that. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I cannot 
recommend this movie enough. Oh yeah, if Brittany Snow, right? Brittany Snow, yeah, Mia Goth, yeah. Oh, um, what's I didn't her name? Realize was a total babe until this movie. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Jenna Ortega, yeah, and I'm oh, pretty sure. And Wednesday Adams, indeed. I'm pretty sure Kid Cudi's in this too. That would surprise me. Um, that would surprise me. Someone, someone told me that. It uh, isn't Bill and Ted, so the yeah. the, the sky is the limit. Uh, if you like B slasher movies, you know, but set with like a modern day kind of like budget, it's all shot kind of like it's in the seventies, right? Yeah, like, like exploitation kind of feel. Well, yeah, and like they're making like an exploitation movie in yeah. the movie, so they use a lot of like old film grain to show it like they're filming yeah. they incorporated mm-hmm. into the movie. And it's just a, nice. uh, there's a twist on like who the killer is. And I'll say the, like, I don't think I've ever seen a horror movie do this before. Uh, it's like, nice. I've never seen a murderer be this character before. Okay. Nice. Oh. Like the character type almost. Yeah. yeah. Like the archetype. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that twist, it's just good. Be, gore you know like they don't really hold back it's obviously rated r um yeah i just i can't get enough of that shit you know me and my and my b movies quick off the hip question i know these are two kind of different things what do you prefer better x or malignant fuck um (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) yeah Probably X. Okay, dang, that's that's high praise because I know you like Malignant a lot. I so. like James yeah. Wan, so I almost said that, but I but then my thought was like, are you just saying Malignant because it's James Wan? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to this being like a unique, yeah. Thing. I mean, I here's the thing, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know what? I'm gonna stick to my answer. I'm gonna say X. All right, that's fine. There is no wrong answer. Yeah, I enjoyed it a nice. lot, and I'll get it. I will probably watch it again. Yeah. And they kind of tease like a prequel in it at some point, and I think yeah. it'd be cool if they made that too. Right. Um, I watched Drive again. Oh no shit! Mm. Huh? Wow, just an old Drive. Just, just why not? Rewatch. Well, the movie Mavens were doing a double feature with Drive My Car and Drive, mm. so I watched Drive, and that movie still fucks, dude. It's still amazing. Yeah. it's still so good. Yeah. But it's funny because like we know that Ryan Gosling can can be a a good actor. <laughs> and in this movie, his character just has such little to do that he's literally like outshone by every like Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. Albert Brooks, Ron, Perman, Ron, Ron yeah. Perlman, Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. K- uh, not Carrie Mulligan. Uh, yeah, no, it is right. Or is it yeah. uh, Michelle? Michelle? No, it's no, it's Carrie Mulligan. It's Carrie Mulligan. Uh, everybody does such a good job in this movie, and then it's like, oh yeah, and then Ryan Gosling plays a dude who's really quiet, uh, <laughs> who has minimal dialogue and things yeah. to say. Yeah. But the action still holds up. The driving scene still like that beginning scene where he's got the watch and he's timing it for mm-hmm. like the Lakers game or the Clippers game to yeah. end. So and then good. also the just the whole montage of the way the music kicks in after that, like so the good, man. like tone poem kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So that still holds oh. up. I would recommend nice. rewatching it if you haven't seen it in a long time. Movie. We're in that movie. Yeah. yeah this, no, it's stacked. Pretty sure I watched that with Frasier. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nice. That's so funny. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's it. There you go. That's, I mean, that's we're fun. talking rewatches. I rewatched Hush, the episode of Buffy. The other nice. Day. Uh, Hell yeah. That came up at work. I thought you meant the Batman animated film. <laughs> no. No. That was just a terrible joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We're getting, we're right in an hour. It's perfect for perfect yeah. point to stop. I forgot how creepy Hush is, though. 
Yeah. It's really terrifying. <laughs> and, f- and funny. Yeah. But also really creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little, like, small dudes with the yeah, flapping arms. With the, they're in straight jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Beautiful. All right, Taylor, for real this time, where can everybody <laughs> find you on the internet? Once again, you can find me writing for mandatory.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Taylor Salen. What about you, Lauren? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And we are at the pop pop podcast on Instagram. We are the pop 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 podcast. Imagine if we tried to put as many pops into that as we could. This would be a secondary outro theme song. I'm the only nerd. You can find me everywhere on the internet on that same handle here, Twitter, I've been tweeting, uh, Instagram. Um, I'm going to tease the thing. Uh, I'm starting a new podcast called the geek of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, have ever been interested in a topic, but you don't know much about it and you'd rather learn about it from, a, you know, uh, a fanboy or an expert, uh, a savant fan girl of the topic. Yeah. Tr- mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, or fan person, fan, fan people. <laughs> um, but you don't know, you know, you don't want to go to Wikipedia because that's too bland or you don't want to ask your mom because you guys aren't talking or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Or your dog just really doesn't know the answer. Yeah, your dog doesn't speak English yet. Um, there's going to be this podcast that I'm making called The Geek of the Week. I did the pilot episode with Taylor. He talks about the Batman. Uh, not the movie, though we did talk about the movie, just Batman but as a character. Batman. From the, yeah. from Batman the, stuff. The dawn just of the character to the current day, how he got into it, what he thinks the best storylines are, uh, comics, toys, cartoons. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be talking all kinds of topics, climbing, Harry Potter, cooking, Beautiful. camping. Yeah, uh, just perfect. Just to talk to anybody about anything. And if you're into something and want to be on it, hit me up uh, on Instagram and uh, we'll link up. But until yeah. then, later, nerds. Peace out. Bye.